Hello, hello, hello. I'm Danny. This is the Ice Planet Podcast. And we're back for the pent pent ultimate. I believe that is the correct word. Pent ultimate episode. The second to last episode for this not quite season, but batch of episodes about the Ice Planet Barbarian series. It has been a long road. <laughs> I don't have too much to say at the front of this. I just want to say thank you again for listening. Thank you again for being so patient. I mean, I recorded this episode in like October. I had no idea it would take me till first week of December to finally get it up. But 2020 had a lot of things we didn't plan for. So here we are. But at the very least, I am glad to finish the first batch this year. I don't want to leave you all hanging. As for the Ice Home series and the remaining, I bet there's another book coming out. There's one book that's out now, but I bet money, real money, that Ruby's going to do another Ice Planet Barbarians book. So I'm going to do those two whenever they come out. There's no hard. I think we've all realized that I'm my plans for this have sort of been shot to hell. So we're going to go with it as it happens. So let's get to this episode, shall we? This episode is Barbarians Beloved, and I am joined by Juno Sunbear, fan no, I almost said fanfic. Erotica, author of original Erotica, and a real sweetheart because she recorded with me twice after our first recording got lost. So extra props because she agreed to the silliness twice, which is a real ask on, on my part. We had a lot of fun recording, though. There was so much of this episode that I cut out either because it was wildly off topic, like not even related to books, or it was Ice Home related, but very, very spoilery. Like we, we discussed a lot of our feelings in regards to some certain happenings on a certain ice planet beach village. So, and I didn't want to, I didn't want to spoil you all for that because that technically is not what the series is about. Like you don't have to come knowing what's happening with Ice Home. And I don't want to ruin that for people who may currently be reading it. So there we are. Uh, there are still some slight spoilers, most of them involving someone having sex with somebody else. But I mean, this is the series we're reading. And I can't say I think it's mostly just Nadine's. We talk a lot about Nadine. As per usual, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, theories, just want to yell at me for taking forever, rant at me because I have bad opinions about blue aliens, you can do so at Ice Planet Pod, or you can email me at contact at iceplanetpod.com. Sometimes I get my Twitter handles and my domains confused, which is not great. Um... Thank you again, as always, for listening. I am so glad you all are here. I hope this brought you, this series, this this episode, this whole series brought you some distraction as we go through this craziness. And I'm genuinely hoping that 2021 brings us a lot more blessings. I don't know why I'm talking like I don't have one more episode already ready <laughs> to share with you. But uh, yeah, I just want to say it and make sure I get it out. Um, the next episode I'm hoping to get up before Christmas definitely question mark um stick stick to the end to hear who the guest host on that one is because it's a real get so i'm excited to share it with you all so have fun i really hope you get a laugh or two out of this episode i had a lot of fun recording it and make sure you stick around for the end where you hear who our next and final sub co-host will be all right enjoy guys
So welcome to the Ice Planet Podcast again. Yay! Woo. I am here with co-host Juno Sunbear. She is an erotic author. Woo! So I'm Woo. very excited to talk about all the sexy times on the Ice Planet. So do you want to introduce yourself a bit? Talk about your work? All right. Well, I am Juno Sunbear. I get bored and write erotica, mostly about werewolves banging chicks and just basically any fantasy stuff I can figure out where I could just like put... Uh, preferably a black woman as the main character because I feel like there's not a lot of us in erotica and they mm-hmm. change that immediately. Mm-hmm. So all my characters are PLC. I love it. Mm-hmm. Have you done, are there a lot like, now that you say this, I was like, I've really gotten into like, I guess demon stuff. Is that a big, do you do that? Actually, yeah. My book coming out this month is a demon one. <gasps> What's the title? So we can know to look for it. It's called Sweet as Hell. Sweet as Hell. I'm writing that down because so <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's a combination of Halloween and wanting to escape 2020. And I was like, yes, give me all the fantasy romance. But yeah, basically the main hero in this one, uh, she really, really wants to learn how to bake while she's in quarantine because she's just bored as hell. And she fucks up so bad that she like creates these runes out of buttercream frosting and like (laughs) summons a demon. And he's just like, what the fuck? And she's like, what the fuck? I love that. Like, <laughs> that's so funny. And like, what? Oh, I'll find out. We'll we'll get it. I was gonna say, well, what happens after that? But then it's like, we'll read the book, dum dum, and you'll find out. Well, it's an erotica, so so. I oh, guess what happens next? <laughs> not, yeah, you're right. It's not a big stretch of the imagination. Listen, so yeah, I'm in political stuff right now. We need ghosts and demons and werewolves just fucking you real good. Thank you. That's that's all I need right now. <laughs> So, and if they got POC characters, even better. So, mm-hmm. we're here to talk about aliens. They're fucking real good. Fire <laughs> <laughs> dicks. This is either book 15 or 16. I'm not entirely sure of the count anymore because Amazon has two different counts going on of the Ice Planet Barbarian series. This is Barbarian's Beloved, a.k.a. Ariana's book, a.k.a. the one with a girl who has anxiety and she's just trying to survive. And so, it was... It's a real ride in this one. It's, it's kind of a, she kind of stresses me out, but I feel really bad for her. But listen, I think I figured out why this book is so good to do now. Because Ariana is the mascot for 2020, which is just sad bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Because this poor thing, they do a really, we can get into it. They do a really good job at describing what anxiety is. And like, it's just, you just panic. She just feels panicked all the time. And that's at the state I am now because you can't relax because every time you think, okay, this dumbass isn't going to mess up anything else. There's no way nature can take another weird turn. We're all staying at home. What else can happen? Something right. else fucking happens. Like, so this is a re recording, listener, if you didn't know that, because I am an incompetent techno mess up. Uh, at least 15 million things have happened between the time we recorded this the first time and what we're doing now. <laughs> Like major political, <laughs> major politics have either passed away and or gotten infected. Also, California was on fire. Oh, so. yes. <laughs> I think it still is, technically. Oh, it's on fire. Yeah, my mom lives there. Oh, gosh. So, so yeah. So, you know, it's sad bitch. That is 2020. I kind of want a sweatshirt now that just says. Yes. Sad bitch 2020. Because <laughs> that's it. So this is the first of what I call like the flashback arc. It's not really an arc, but I think at one point 
Ruby Dixon was like, well, this story has gone as forward as it can before we jump into an entire new series. But she's like, I'm not done with these characters yet. So we get like the next three or four books, maybe five, I think she's working on another one, are all like flashbacks to when the women first arrived on the planet. Which, you know, fair. Give them a fair shot. Well, yeah, we kind of sped through them. And I can't figure out, I'm like, did she do this on purpose? Or is this just like a really convenient, really convenient way to like go back into this world? And I can't figure it out. Really good at setting things up ahead of time. So she totally could have set this up and said, hey, if I want to come back and tell those stories, I will. I don't think she did this on purpose, though, because I can't remember if it was her Facebook or somewhere else. But she mentioned, yeah, I didn't really have a plan for these characters. So I just kind of like went back. I think I asked you this last time, and I think you sort of already hinted at it. I already know the answer. I was going to ask you, is this the weirdest series you've ever read? But you're writing stuff that sounds just as bonkers. Yep. So go ahead and say the answer is no. This is not the weirdest stuff you've read. Not by a long shot. What was that space aliens with, like, the butt robots? That just <laughs> That's either the Interstellar Bride. Yes, that. Yes. That was weirder. I mean, when you say butt cleaning robots, yeah, that's pretty hard to beat. There was another one. So there's another series that I mess up. It's like The Kindred. And they had like anal sex prep fruit. And basically it was fruit the woman would eat that would help make their butts like prepared for anal sex. Oh my God, I have so many questions. But when you first said that, I'm just imagining her trying to shove a full like orange (laughs) up her ass. My God, that seems so not worth it. No, they just consume it as because there's a scene where the woman is like standing in front of a crowd and she's casually eating it and everyone is looking at her like, okay. And she doesn't know the implications of what it means (laughs) of her chomping down on all this fruit in front of all these people and they're like waggling their eyebrows like, ooh, you're going to have fun, aren't you? (laughs) So I mixed it up with that series. It's kind of fun how all these authors are just like making up their own rules for like to just make up these reasons to have all these sexy times yeah i mean in my beast layer series they're all cursed and that's why they all turned into monsters but also the curse makes them infertile so you don't have to wear condoms so see (laughs) it's like look these are just short erotica i'm not gonna sit here and create a whole mess of magic backstory look it makes them infertile leave me alone No babies. We had that discussion, I think, about how we're like, everything is great except for all the babies. There's so many babies. And I'm like, can't you just get like a dog? I don't. I want the resident sex, but without the baby, please. (laughs) Oh, see, I don't mean to keep doing this, but we also talked about Gail and how Gail had like the perfect setup. Oh, my God. I was so mad about Gail. She, She had her man. She had her freedom. She was like one of the three other black girls on the on the planet. So she was automatically one of my favorites. She had everything. Then all of a sudden, she's just like, man, I want baby. Hey, adopt this baby. Gail, no! <laughs> I'm glad she's happy, but I would really have liked it if we could just have one couple who's like, you know what? We're not resonating. We don't have a kid. But that doesn't change how we feel or each other or make it any less legitimate. I'm so sad about Gail. <laughs> Oh, we mourn for Gail. But, you know, I'm happy for her. She's got her man. She's got her baby. Her, I think it's a four-armed baby. Yep, four-armed baby. <laughs> that she breastfeeds? Question mark? Yeah, I didn't get that. Because didn't she go through menopause? That's why she can't resonate. It doesn't make any logical sense. But you know what? She's happy. We're happy. It's fine. <laughs> Live your best life, Gail. So, but this is 
I'm trying to keep us on task. I'm already all over the place. This is Ariana and Zolaya's book. Mm-hmm. Okay. That name. I'm going to call him Zoe, like Ariana does. He's so, really hate it. He, he likes it better than Zozo. This is true. I love Zozo, though. I'm calling him Zozo. <laughs> you're like, through his feelings. Because that's like his, <laughs> when he's trying to make her comfortable, that's the first joke he makes. He's like, can you imagine? I'm a fierce hunter, and that beast was brought down by Zozo. But <laughs> <laughs> So cute. He was doing a really good job. We're getting ahead of ourselves. So we got Ariana, and she is a anthropology student at Princeton. So our our girl is educated. She she is smart, um, and she has anxiety. General, Look. I'm yeah. I don't know a specific. I'm just assuming generalized anxiety. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she manages it when she's on Earth, and she has yeah. access to a therapist and drugs. She was managing it. And then she ends up on a planet where there are none of those things. Talk about a tough break. She's honestly probably had it the worst of anyone else. And I'm going to say this, reading her reaction at the start, it feels the most realistic. I feel like some of these girls, bless them, they're just, they get down for the cause a little bit too quickly. (laughs) I guess I've been so quick to throw away their earth life and just like, well, I guess I'm fucking a blue dude. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like Nora has like no reservations. No, nope. she jumps. She jumps on that guy legs first. Like <laughs> the second they meet. Is that the French girl or is that Marilee? That's Marlene. Okay, so Marlene is my absolute favorite because not only did she jump on that spur dick like within seconds, <laughs> she also figured out how to make freaking creme brulee in this book and is just living her best French life. <laughs> making bras and panties she's like i can't be walking around with these boobs unsupported so i'm gonna make me a leather bra and she also made it sexy too she's like no no, no, no. i'm not doing this barbarian nonsense i'm gonna be the sexy french woman i'm gonna harass my mate until he blushes because she also got paired with the shyest mate but whatever we're not on her book i don't know, I don't know. she's just my favorite character <laughs> she's a lot of fun honestly <laughs> She, but And maybe, you know what, again, Ruby's so smart. Maybe she knows who wants to read 16 books of women just, like, sad and panicky and angsting all the time. You want someone who's like, you know what, this is the situation. I'm going to roll with it. Honestly, I skipped Ariana's book the first time before you told me to read it. And I'm like, oh, all right. I guess we're doing Savage 2020. <laughs> so, yeah, so we've got Ariana. She wakes up. And she's already known by all the women as, like, the weepy one. Which, again, valid. Yeah, I mean, yeah. When you read the other books before we get introduced in her story, everyone just goes, like, that bitch who cries all the time. She won't (laughs) stop crying. That freaking sad bitch is so sad all the time. (laughs) It's like she lost all her family and friends or something. Like, Jesus. And the only home she's ever known. What is she upset about? (laughs) They're They're so unforgiving. So, but she knows this about herself. And, you know, she's self-aware. She knows this about herself. She has anxiety. And Mm -hmm. so she has a really hard time. So the book sort of opens up in the quote-unquote present day. And I'm going back. So the framework is we've got our present day. She thinks back to, this is how all of them, I think, are set up. We're in the present day. For some reason, we get sparked on this book-long flashback. And then we come back to the present where we wrap everything up. Mm -hmm. So... Ariana's at home. Zoe, Zo, I'm gonna call him Zozo too now. Zozo <laughs> was out hunting. And he's he's it's a long hunting trip. And she's been by herself, caring for her kid. And I guess the stress and the anxiety is starting to get to her. She misses her her husband. 
And so she's visiting, when we meet her, she's visiting with the healer who's like also being a counselor, I guess, and sort of talking her down, giving her tea and calming her out. And so like, what'd you say? Just so many hats that healer has. She's, she's filling so many roles. (laughs) And I'm like, good for her, man. Cause like, she's the therapist, she's the OBGYN, she's the midwife, she's the doctor, she's the surgeon, she's the therapist, she's doing, wearing all the hats. And I hope she's, I hope she gets a rest day. She needs her own holiday. Like, forget Poison Day. Just have a day where the healer is just pampered because they fucking need it. And she's always, it feels like she's always on call. You'll read in books where they just, like, storm into her hut in, like, the middle of the night. And they're like, Merlock. This didn't happen. <laughs> Merlock, help. And I get, I guess that's the life of a healer, but. But still, yeah. she, she could be, like, mid-coitus. And, like, wait, we have a hurt person. She's like, God damn it. I think there's a joke where they hint that that's happened a couple times. Like they've knocked on the healer's door and she's, she's a little less, there's not as many clothes on as there, and they already wear like no clothes. I could not be the healer. I'm like, listen, you got to come back in like five minutes. If you're not dying, it can wait five minutes. I'm busy. <laughs> well, and, and I guess, I don't know that Queen should be doing something. Queen prevents them from dying. So really she's just there to oversee the whole thing. Pretty much. Yeah. So I want to jump to this. I'm just, the only reason I'm even mentioning this introduction unnecessary is she's got a son who may be a psychic. And we didn't talk about this at all last time. We didn't? I don't think we did the little boy who's like, oh, I know who all the kids are going to marry. And I know, mama, that you are going to have three other daughters. So get ready. If that was my son and I don't want any kids, I feel like I would not be able to handle that the most. Like, not only was I forced to have a child, my child is creepy and psychic. No, thank you. <laughs> oh, man, I'm going to die. Get the fuck away from me. <laughs> you know, I was listening to a podcast earlier, and they're like, the worst kind of kid is a creepy kid. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be the kid that's, like, standing at the edge of your bed in the middle of the night. <laughs> mommy, mommy. I just had a dream where I found out how you're going to die. I'm like, I need a new son. Go to your room. (laughs) Go to your room. Don't come out to your father's home. But yeah, like he has like, there's hinting that he may have the knowing because he knows that he's going to resonate to a little girl named Anna. He knows that Anna's sister. Oh, Ariana does take time to say that Anna is not the prettier of the two, which I thought was a little cold hearted. I was like, bitch moves. The kid is like five. They're all like six or seven. And Ariana's like, oh, she's not the pretty one. I'm surprised. That's the one. That's that's her. So, um, but yeah, he also knows that she's going to have to. It's just weird. I'm just like, so I guess he's going to be a psychic like the other grown man psychic they have in this tribe. At least that one's not creepy. He predicts mostly weather. He's not running around telling everyone, hey, your two children are going to hook up. So, yeah, that takes away some of the creepiness factor. He's he's basically the meteorologist. He does know when people are close to resonating, though, but he doesn't, like, go up to everyone going, hey, you're about to resonate. <laughs> unless, <laughs> unless the plot calls for it. Yeah, and basically, unless they ask. He's not going to go out of his way, because I know one dude asked him, and he goes, yeah, she's going to resonate. Not to you, but she's going to resonate. <laughs> Or he said, he was more vague. He's like, she's going to resonate, but I'm not sure to who. I know you would like it to be you, but I can't make any promises. Sorry, got to (laughs) go. And then he just bounced. So I just wanted to touch on that. So as part of helping the kid go to bed, 
um, the kid asked for the story of how he met, of how they, his parents met. And she jokes like, oh, I'll tell you, I tell him the G-rated version, ha ha. And then as she's going to bed and she's like trying to calm herself down because she's still panicky, she thinks to herself and she reflects on how they met. And that sort of launches us into the the flashback. Which compared to others, honestly, was pretty G-rated. It, there wasn't a lot of sex in this one. It was very sweet. I appreciate it. Because like, again, girlfriend was going through every, she was going through a lot. And like I liked how at multiple points in the stories, like even the, the idea of like having to like just being expected to mate was just like, listen, I can't deal with that. I lost my home, I lost my family. I can't deal with suddenly being given a magical blue husband. Which fair. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm a horny bitch. I'm I know a big part of me was like, all right, cool. Let's see what you got under there. <laughs> but is the kid required? Is my question. <laughs> the kid is always required and everyone just goes with it i like that's my favorite part at the beginning is how the men are like i don't know why they're so upset this is just what happens the <laughs> worm tells you who you're gonna marry you don't argue with it just go and get boinked and let's let's be happy listen i'm a hunter you should be happy about go down on you <laughs> i will hunt all the things i'm gonna get you some berries so you can wash your sweaty pit i don't know what you're upset about so, so let's go. So Ariana's on this planet and like she is, she's been freaking out. The women are kind of over it. The women are kind of over it. They're like, there's that girl crying again. And she's sitting off to the side. And right next to her, Nora and Dagesh and some other couple, people are resonating left and right. And that's also freaking her out. Because she didn't really want the worm. She only got the worm because they're like, hey, you need to get this worm or you'll die. I mean, fair. So our sweetheart... Zelaya is a sweetheart, as um, wacky as he is. He comes over and he like, you just look like you need a friend. Mm-hmm. And then literally within, I guess, it feels like five minutes, they start resonating. No, it was the best because she, she was talking to him about how she was terrified to resonate. Mm-hmm. And he goes, oh, yeah, that must be super difficult. I imagine you're really scared. And they immediately start resonating. And he's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and he walks away. Which freaks her out because she's like, oh, God, he's so sad. He resonated with me. And, of course, in his mind, it's just like, I should give her some time. Yeah. He's <laughs> such a sweetheart. He's such a sweetheart. But it's just funny because I can see the movie of her sitting there clutching her chest like, but what if you don't want to resonate? And I can hear the music swell as the purring. What if you really don't want it? Like, it's it's a beautiful end of a scene. Like, well done, Ruby. Yeah. So he leaves her be because, again, as you said, she needs her space. And uh, he announces to the group of men that he has resonated and immediately gets in a fist fight with her. <laughs> because our sad boy, he's not sad. He's kind of grouchy. He's kind of surly. Surly boy Hayden all but says, your queen has terrible taste in women. Which What's is so... Right? <laughs> That's what Those are fighting words. Like, come on, guy. It's time to throw down. Like, you, seriously? You're insulting my just now resonated mate? Fuck you, Hayden. And he, he, he jumps on Guy, and he's, like, <laughs> punching him in the face. Which well-deserved. is a real, like, hero in this book. Mm-hmm. Hayden also refers to her as the weepy one. He's just really annoyed by this crying bitch. <laughs> Everyone is just sick of her and her tears. God, I love Hayden, though. I loved his book. <laughs> I liked his book, too, because he was that uh, combination of I'm really surly on the outside, but on the inside, I'm, like, kind of soft and squishy and insecure. He's the one that ended up with Maddie, right? No, he ended up oh. with Josie. Chatty, chatty Josie. 
Oh, I completely mixed up my dudes. I don't care about hiding then. <laughs> <laughs> Maddie hooked up with Hassan. Too many H's. Yeah. No, Hassan is my favorite because he tried to pull that whole let me kidnap a woman. Only it didn't work because the woman wanted nothing to do with him. And then he, he got exiled. <laughs> yes, he picked the wrong sister. Um, so, yeah, so Hayden Surly and he makes fun of Ariana and Zola's got to beat his ass. And he does. And that's pretty great. So then he's like, well, I guess I should go back to my mate. Because Bechdahl is pretty much like, go back, cool off, go back to your mate. So he's probably been gone all of like maybe 10 minutes before he heads back. <laughs> so they all have to walk back to the Elder Cave. Because they've been, they're basically sitting out in the open. There's a giant dead saccots next to them, and they're worried about it attracting dead animals or not dead. Well, obviously, it can't attract dead animals. Oh my worried, God. Zombie book now. That's fun. <laughs> they're worried about it attracting animals and predators, so they have to like pack up and leave. Mm-hmm. And like he's watching her, and she's like, she's just freaking out the whole time. He knows he doesn't know what's wrong with her yet, but he knows she's more fragile than the others. I mean, clearly she's been crying for like 27 days. Mm-hmm. And like every time he looks at her, she's like all tense up. So, <laughs> yeah. They walk out. You're right. There's not a lot of plot. They walk out and he's trying. He's like, he's really nice because he's like flirty. He doesn't give her a lot of pressure. He like is letting his, he's like, you're my mate. I'm going to take care of you. This is what I do. But he's not really pressing on the whole, we need to mate thing, which is what right. she needs. Yeah. He does flirt with her a lot. I like, Um, she's like, you're so soft. And he's like, should I be offended? <laughs> but he's like, since it's from you, I'll take it as a compliment. And she's like, your skin feels like suede. It's the softest thing I've ever felt. And he's like, do you want to feel more of it? <laughs> okay, may I go on a wildly off-topic tangent for just a second? Yes. Okay, so before I got married, I had my bachelorette party in Vegas. And so my friend and I went to like this Aussie strip club. And one of them just like ran and jumped onto my chair to like lap dance in my face. And so I held my hands up because I wasn't sure if you were supposed to touch them. So he grabs my hand, puts it on his chest and like forces me to feel him up. And the only thing I could think of was, oh my God, his skin is so soft. What does he use? It's like the softest. It's softer than a baby. It's probably well oiled up. There was no oil though. He was just soft. It, it haunts me to this day. Like, I want to know how to get my skin that soft. What products do you use, sir? I wanted to ask so bad. I'm like, what? that's a strange question to ask a stripper. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that's probably, I'm sure they've gotten a lot more inappropriate things than what lotion are you using. That's true. There were some moms there that were just going to town. I'm like, oh, wow. That is intense. <laughs> so... They're walking back and Ariana is trying to be a trooper and not admit that she she can't. Like, he keeps offering to carry her and she doesn't want to appear weak. So that's another thing she's stressed about. Every other thing, she stresses about everything in this book and it's kind of exhausting and I really feel for her. I was like, girl, just relax. Yep. But she doesn't want to appear weak so she won't let him carry her. I would have jumped on that back. So fast. Like, please. The snow is like hip deep or it's knee deep. It's something. I couldn't relate to her on this because I work in construction when I'm not writing erotica. And a lot of times the dudes be like, hey, do you need me to carry that for you? And immediately I'm just like, yes. Please. Like, listen, Thank I'm you. not going to pretend you're not two, si- two times my size. Yes, you can carry this giant ladder for me. I'm dying. <laughs> and like, I'm like, who are you? Like, who are you posing for? Right. Who are you posing for? 
it's fine. I can still do my job, but when it comes to lifting 100 pounds, yes, I want your help. Get over here. Yeah, and I was talking about her. Like, who is she trying to impress on this planet? No one. Everyone it's knows. Mate. He wants to help her. Yeah. Everyone knows you're a weak human. That's how they talk about them. Like, you're a weak human. <laughs> Hayden, in Hayden's book, he's basically like, I was sad to resonate to you because you're so weak <laughs> or scared. <laughs> I was scared to resonate to you because you're so weak and fragile. Um... We keep, we just do not want to talk about this sad bitch in her. Yeah. <laughs> we want to talk about sad bitch. I do like Ariana, though. I don't hate her. I feel bad that, like, Georgie, so so they're walking to the Elder Cave, and we learn that when we get there, we've got to get zapped in the brain by this old-ass computer. And Ariana's like, wait a minute. <laughs> Is this a good idea? And you know what? She's right. Granted, other people had already been zapped, so clearly it worked, but... I would be a little hesitant, too, to have, like, a centuries-old computer zapping me in the brain. Well, that's what irritated me, though, because, like, five people went ahead of her and five people were fine. That should have told you it was okay. But they, like, they're fine, but they, like, fall out. Like, if you had never, because that's the thing, right? You get zapped in the brain and you immediately go unconscious. And now if I am in the room and you put a woman and she's, like, in front of this blazer and it zaps her in the head and she immediately collapses and falls to the ground... I'm going to be like, you know what? I want to wait a couple hours and see how she comes out of it before you shove me under that laser. I think she had a, again, I like Ariana because her anxiety to me is kind of relatable. Like I get everything she's talking about. Like, yeah, I, let's talk about this. I don't want to get zapped in the brain. Can I just get a, a Duolingo course? Can we at least attempt to learn some of these languages before I go the zap, the brain zapping route? See, I think the whole reason I can't, I was not able to get into Ariana's book is because I do have a bit of anxiety, like diagnosed and all that stuff. It's just, I deal with it in a very, very different manner in which I have at least 27 hobbies I do to keep me distracted from the fact that, you know, the world is ending, but I don't have time to talk about that. I have to farm my potatoes. (laughs) Do you play Stardew Valley? I did for a little bit. I was more into, um, what's the word? Farmers animal crossing? Not okay, animal animal. Uh, okay, you said farm my potatoes. And like, let me tell you, there was a whole six weeks during the COVID when I was on, when I was doing Stardew Valley daily. See, I feel like I missed out on that whole thing because I think you know about the heaving bosoms, but they had a whole group that was just doing Stardew Valley and I like missed <gasps> it because I was really busy. I'm like, no, I had I'm no so idea. Funny. I love that game. I love it. I started like four or five farms. I have one farm that's just fishing. I have one farm like, oh, this is my wine farm. It's going to be a winery. It's I was deep in it. You can make a winery? Okay, if you ever get back from the game, let me know. I will start again. <laughs> okay. This one, and we don't have to go plot point by plot point, because I think with this one, the main thing is Zozo, because I can't say his real name, is really sweet. I just really appreciate He reminds me of Saluk, almost, how... Mm-hmm. He gets matched to this woman who clearly has, I won't, I won't call it a problem, but she clearly has an issue, challenges she's dealing with. Mm-hmm. And he does his best to like try to understand and listen and hear what they are. And he takes active steps to help her manage them. He's so baby Zozo. I love and him. And I'm like, it was just so sweet. Like he tells her about these calming herbs and he goes with her to get the herbs that she can make into a tea that help calm her. They give a, they get their own sort of like lingo to understand what it is oh is it your brain avalanche he um what's the other thing he's like he keeps in mind that talking helps her so he makes a point to like talk with her and to get her separated whenever she sees she's panicked and i'm like oh my god he is the true hero 
Yeah, he's such a baby. Or bay, I should say. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, mental health facilities on the ice planet do not exist. (laughs) (laughs) One thing I found really interesting about that is that she talked about even if she could just hold her medication in her hand, it would calm her down. That's such Mm -hmm. a valid point. So when Mm -hmm. she finally had those herbs, she's like, just holding these in my hand is just so much better than it was before. Yes. Like he we, he makes her a little pouch so she can wear them around her neck. So all she has to do is just grab the pouch by her neck. And I was like, holy shit, sweetest guy in the tribe. I say so that about sweet. everyone. So, yeah, I just thought it was. Re- and that's really the main thing. It's just like because a lot of this, there isn't a lot of action. It's basically to sum up the whole book. Ariana gets panicked. Zozo takes her someplace private. She calms down. They join the rest of the group. This happens about two or three times. Pretty much. Yeah. The first time, it's like right after they resonate and he walks with her to the Elder Cave and they get their own little room and he sets her up and then she does better. And then the second time is um when they are back at the Elder Cave. He's gone hunting or something they're back at the elder it's after she freaks out because she thinks he's dead because hiding again is just standing there being some kind of grouch <laughs> and he takes her and he makes a big deal of like taking her back to the main cave and like ravishing her well he, he they talk first and then they fulfill resonance in the cave and that's pretty much the action in this book it's them learning to deal with her anxiety which is why we kept getting off topic <laughs> But I would like to say it's just really sweet. I do like, uh, since you like your favorite, let's talk about Ariana and Marlene's like little relationship. Because that was really cute, too. Because Mar- Marlene's like the only friend, her only friend. The one that's just like, okay, it's fine that you're sad. I'm going to deal with it. And she's like, really? Because everyone else hates me. And she's just like, everyone else is a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, you have friends. Don't worry about them. We are all have to be friends. She's kind of right. Like, we have to be friends we're stuck on this planet and we're all going to go through this resonance and babies God, I love together. Marlene. Yeah. So they, they're going to get over it. You're going to have friends. She says, while happily sewing her bra. <laughs> while sewing her bra and trying to make her husband blush. And so, making creme brulee because she's the fucking best. I guess I missed that. I had no idea she full on made. <laughs> I see. I'm sorry. I like locked onto it because it's my favorite dessert. I'm like, I want to be her best friend. <laughs> Stacy somewhere making like not potato cakes with like bits of hard meat in it. And you've got Marlene over here making a whole ass fucking creme brulee. Fuck Stacy. <laughs> she does like, cause at the beginning of the book, Ariana's just hanging out by her fire and it does like, she's like chatty and she's making everyone feel welcome. And she's talking and she's kissing all the kids. And she's like, she's a real sweetheart too. She really is. This reread is really making me like characters. I didn't, pay that much attention to at first because I didn't pay that much attention to Marlene except that she was the French one (laughs) (laughs) she's the French one who's like very aggressively French and I don't know if it borders on offensive or not see that was always weird to me because everyone was always going on about how Stacy loves to cook but I'm like Marilee's over here making desserts and everyone calls her the French one I'm like no she's more than the French one She's, like, got a whole, like, I don't know. She's got a whole support. And she runs the school. She just run the school. She's teaching those kids English and French and mathematics. Like, she... So <laughs> many hats. New respect for Marlene. So, so yeah. So, that's that's basically the plot. There is a little plot at the end that we could talk about. Mm-hmm. So, basically, Ariana is pregnant with their second child. 
that's going to be a girl because little boy confirmed it. Thank you, little boy. (laughs) (laughs) So, but she's going to have this baby and she's about to pop and she's really concerned that she's going to have the baby before Zozo gets back. Mm -hmm. And so that's her big issue. And so she's thinking about all this to calm her down and it cuts it kind of close. Like we cut to Zozo out on the hunter grounds and he misses his wife. And doesn't he at one point, he's just like, fuck it, I'm going home. Yeah. And And it becomes an argument because he says that. And then every other male in the hunting party is like, fuck it, I want to go home. Yeah, because fuck these bitches on the beach. We have our own bitches at home. That made me so mad. Like, no one gives a shit about the beach crew because they all have their mates. They, I mean, is that why they're on that beach? Are they not allowed? <laughs> they didn't even attempt to, like, find maybe a less hurricane-prone or flooding-prone area for these people to live in. Just like, yeah, just stick them on the beach. Yeah, that's pretty much what it was. They didn't want to put them in the village because I guess there wasn't enough new huts with plumbing. So like, fuck it, we'll put them on the beach. <gasps> oh, I forgot all about that. Yep, yep, get angry again. Oh, you want to get even angrier? The floors are heated. <laughs> I forgot all about that. And they're living in stick huts on yep. a beach. Yep. <laughs> Holy shit, I'm, not, I'm furious now. <laughs> oh my gosh see I don't know if I can complain though because I fucking love seafood like nobody's business I feel like even if I did live in like the indoor plumbing shit I would give that up to just have full on access to seafood every freaking day I mean I guess like but they should be offered a choice like you should be like do you want cold do you want to live in this freezing cold area where you eat nothing but like knock off deer meat, but you have indoor plumbing and heated floors? Or do you want to live in the shack where you have to like kind of crap in a hole and there's like giant monsters that might pull you under the water, but you get seafood, unlimited seafood? Like at least give me a choice. That's that's fair. I would still choose the seafood, but because I just remembered the indoor plumbing thing and I almost had an aneurysm. I don't know if you can hear it. <laughs> That's fine. We would live in different tribes. We could just go visit each other on the dragon's back every now and then. <laughs> the dragon is basically an airline. Like, How degrading for him, though. He wants a grand warrior in like all of these space tournaments. And now he's just basically a bus. <laughs> he's a 747. <laughs> Dear listener, I am so sorry that we are all over the place and like I feel every time I do an episode and I get really off topic I feel like there's someone out there who like this is their favorite book and they listen to the episode and I just will not stay on task I am so sorry I was probably the worst person to ask to do this book (laughs) no well here's the thing and I may cut this out it's like a trend with all these late these later books it's like the closer we get to like the ice home series kicking off and especially if there's someone who's read them we cannot stay like, we cannot stay on the one book. Everybody no. keeps talking about Ice Home. Because it's just so such a diverse, interesting cast. Because it's ridiculous. It's like it's like this series on steroids. Yeah. Like, there's sea monsters in the water. And some of the men have four arms. And some of the men are, like, what, part cat? And there's a dragon? So, and I kind of feel bad for Tallhorn. Because what is their special strict? trait except for like tall horns because really the, 
The forearms are useful. You can swing from branches. You're stronger than other tribes. The cat people are super silent. What does Tallhorn get? They just have really tall horns. <laughs> such a jip. Oh, I had mentioned this earlier. Saluk and Zelaya are very similar heroes because Tiffany had her. She had like I if she they didn't say it explicitly, but I bet if she was to go back and be a little bit more technical with it, Tiffany was dealing with PTSD. Well, yeah, she was raped. She actually stated that in her book. Yeah, but they yeah, but they never. I was they state that, but I was just saying they never come out and say that she has PTSD in such explicit okay. terms. Okay. Yeah, and like she never says that to Saluk like. Yeah, I'm dealing with the psychological effects of the very severe trauma I went through. Mm-hmm. She kind of tries to avoid talking about it with him at all completely. But he handles it much in the same way that our guy Zozo does. He's just really sweet about it. And he tries to be there and understanding and deal with her mental issues. They're better than some Earth people. Seriously, though. Because I had to deal with a similar thing. And it does hurt to talk about that kind of stuff. And the mm-hmm. fact that she went through the steps to just get over that and her partner was so patient. Oh, my God. I yeah. love Tiffany's books so much. Yeah. And I've kind of put Ariana in that same vein. And, like, Ariana's dealing. Because you can't. I was thinking about this. Is there any other mental, like, I don't want to lessen anxiety. But I feel like if you were, like, schizophrenic on the ice planet, holy shit. Man, you have, like, <laughs> you're dead. I'm sorry. Or, yeah, you you're can't. It's not going to work. Like, anxiety was kind of like the perfect, anxiety or depression mm-hmm. were kind of like, it was a perfect way to sort of deal with mental issues while being on the ice planet. Because everyone else was a little bit, well, no, we just said Tiffany had all these issues. I don't know where I'm going with this. I just really loved how Ruby was not uncomfortable tackling something that could be really heavy, especially in a romance. Right. And that could, in a way, some characters would see as a way to get in the way of the happy ending. Mm-hmm. And not to drag on this, I'm glad she didn't like get her mate, get her quee, get sexed, and it was suddenly all better. Yes, no Disney magical kiss. Thank you, Ruby. Yeah, because it could have very easily done that. Like we wake up, she's got two babies, and she's two babies, and she's still dealing with her anxieties. So nicely done. Yes. Yes. Okay. I loved the fact that Zozo was just like, well, "Fuck it, I'm going home." And then oh, yes. he's like, two other dudes are going with him now. And instead of just waiting for the dragon bus, they're like, no, no, we're going to walk there in a fucking blizzard. So <laughs> he shows up in the indoor plumbing tribe, just covered in frostbite, half near death, because he couldn't wait a week for the goddamn dragon bus. That's right. We sort of picked off of that where they just decided, fuck it, I'm going home. And then they do. That's dedication. And then she has her baby, right? Like, he makes it in time to see their new baby, whose name I forgot. Whoops. That doesn't matter. But listen, is it dedication or is it stupidity? Because he could have died. He very easily could have died. Well, I don't know. Could Like, they're pretty hardy. Like, it's hard. Like, the cold doesn't knock them out. Usually, if they're close to dying, it's because, like, they got eaten by a pterodactyl. Or an avalanche literally fell on them. Which or There was an avalanche on his way home. Did I, did I forget? Did he get caught up in it like Rokon did? I think so. It, they skimmed it in this book, but there was like some kind of avalanche where they had to like run past her or some, some nonsense. And I'm like, you could have just waited for the dragon. This really was not necessary. The first day of travel is not so bad. It is colder than usual, but hiking keeps our bodies warm. They scale, let's see, he says icy peaks. He goes up these mountains. And remember, our boy has a fear of heights. 
Yes, he does. He's in a attempt to sort of comfort Ariana. He tells him about the time. What happened? He fell off a trail or something. I can't remember. And I had it written down in my notes. But ever since then, he's really afraid of heights. And he doesn't like telling the other hunters about it. Mm-hmm. I just feel like if that was my honey boo-boo, and he was like, well, I have to be there for the birth. I'm like, but you don't, though, because you're going to die if you try to come to me now. Oh, and the little kid calls it. The little kid's like, hey, dad's coming home. And then he like, he's like, bye. He just runs out the city. That creepy ass child. Like, by the way, dad's coming. Toodles. Anale, that's the child's name. And he's like, bye. So, so now she's got that to stress over. She knows this ice storm is here. Her son is like, hey, dad's, dad's going through this really shitty weather to try and be here with you. Okay, gotta run. Me and the kids are playing ball. <laughs> he bounces so now she's sitting here freaking out waiting for her husband to come home in this terrible storm kid don't be telling your i'm sorry kid keep <laughs> that keep that to yourself talk about the worst son to have if you have anxiety well he's normally very she says at the beginning like he knows and she feels a little sad about it he knows when she's dealing with her anxiety and how to take care of it mm-hmm and he like he helps prep the tea. He lays out the spe- the furs, and he like tries to talk her down. Like he's aware of all this stuff, but then he just drops this news box. <laughs> ah, so he does. He walks home. You're right. He's like half dead. He's really, really wiped out. And she's like threatens to kick his ass. But as soon as like, <laughs> which I want to see, as soon as they like have their little get together, she like goes into labor. <laughs> so quick like she has that that baby and i still i've been trying to find this baby's name i'm gonna call them zubaloo they never say this child oh name it's the very last page you're not off you are so not off am i seriously it's zoari oh my god Uh, that's why it didn't stick in my head. Like, I have trouble with the kids' names to begin with because there's a lot of them. I do appreciate that it's just a mashup, so you can kind of figure out who's who. But Zoari, you were you were on the right track. Like, that first syllable was on it. I, th- I feel like I prefer Zubaloo. <laughs> Sounds like super real. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that's, they're a little happy. Yeah, I like... I like, there's not a lot that happens in this book. And this is one of those books where we have these episodes. It's like, yeah, not a lot happens. It's all about the emotional journey. And I think you, you do, are, you feel really proud of Ariana by the end of it. At least I do. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm literally the worst person to read this book. <laughs> you know, like, I think we could admit she did. Like, she came on a good journey. Like, yes. she's not constantly on the verge of a panic attack. <laughs> Because that first book, she is stressed. Or the first <laughs> the, the first few chapters, she's stressed. But she learns, she gets the resources, she has her support system, and she makes it. I'm talking myself into liking this book more. <laughs> <laughs> I just really appreciate it. I like the ones where not a lot happens. Like, um, two books before this is Summer's book, and it's too action-y. See, that's hilarious because I adored Summer's book. I actually listened to the episode where you're talking about Summer's book, and I'm like, I don't know what they're talking about. I love all the action. <laughs> I like it when it's, like, slow, and we just talk about, like, what we're... Like, I'm here for the schmoopy stuff. 
for this the romance and the sex and stuff and they were like i mean i'm proud of summer you kicked those alien you kicked that alien ass but it was mm-hmm. like it took the spotlight off like the emotions and stuff <laughs> which had me cracking up that whole episode I'm like wow i am the exact opposite of what these <laughs> girls feel right now what what about the act like what do you like about summer's book i just want to hear it we're all I over thought- this episode we might as well just <laughs> let's just embrace it so with Summer, I freaking loved it because, one, she does murders. Like, she and her boo-boo just, like, straight up kills our aliens. And she's just, like, rambling on, which I do a lot. And he's just sitting there just like, oh, that's interesting. I didn't think of it like that. And she's just like, oh, God, is he ignoring me? <laughs> Why wouldn't he talk to me? And he's just like, I'm just so glad she's not upset about me being quiet. <laughs> it's like, this is such a peaceful atmosphere. And, you know, I love it when couples just, like, work. I love it where it's not like a big to do and they can just be together and be happy. And then there's like outside factors and try to fuck that up for them. Cause I feel like being in a relationship should not be that hard. Same. I've like, I got sucked. I was one of those people. Okay. This is getting too real and too emotional, but I like for a while thought like if there wasn't drama, it wasn't legit. Does that make sense? Like, I think we yeah. get kind of drilled in our head. Like, Oh, if you're not constantly, if there isn't some constant tension or conflict, it's not like legit, like it's too easy almost. And I'm like, why, why do I think that? Yeah. Okay. So speaking of getting probably too personal, but my husband is literally the only person I've ever dated because we met in college and we just fell Mm -hmm. in love. And so for a while, I'm just like, wow, this is so easy. So it must not be right. Yeah. It is right. It's just, it, it flows. There's no issues. There's, well, of course, some little issues. Maybe he doesn't empty the dishwasher or whatever. But there's no major issues. <laughs> there's no massive conflict. There's no love interest trying to steal attention away. Yeah. It just works. I think that's why I love Summer's book so much. Because there wasn't a lot of trials. It was outside factors that they had to deal with. And they yeah. it made them stronger as a couple. But in reality, they just clicked. They just work really well together. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I can see how you like that. And I think my case for like this book that I've just talked myself into really, really liking. So thank you for <laughs> joining me on this journey. And like the more connections I draw to it to Tiffany's, the more I like it is I like it when, when one of the characters is going through something or when a character in any romance, actually, when a character is going through something and while the other person doesn't fix it, like they shouldn't fix it because that's not how real world works. They do help them develop into a person who is either stronger or more capable or can handle it. Right. And I don't know if I'm wording it correctly, but like with Tiffany, she went through this trauma. Sloop was there. He listened to her fears. He sort of allayed them and she got through it with Ariana. She has this, this, um, she has this mental health condition that makes her really panicky all the time. She has Zelaya who listened, learned how to help her. They both sort of learned how to help her deal with it on a planet where they didn't have pharmaceuticals. Right. And while she still struggles with it, she's she's thriving. Our girl's surviving. Yeah. Like, that journey, like, is the one that really, that's the one that gets to me. I was like, oh, I love it. So even though I don't have a lot to say, because there's not, plot-wise, there's not that much. No. Ariana is panicked, and Zelaya helps her with it. <laughs> she's sad. She's not yeah. sad. She's sad. She's not sad. Yeah. And he helps her with it. And it's like, and it's, and it's, and it's nice that it is no conflict. Like, he never has a problem with her. Nope. Having this anxiety. Can you imagine if she got with Beck? Holy shit. Oh my God. That would have been the best. <laughs> he would have literally flung her off of, off of, the, off of like a cliff or something. He was I not. He our boy was. himself off a cliff. <laughs> he was not very understanding. Because Claire's the other crybaby. And she just cried 
Mainly because he was an asshole to her. Oh, right. Claire. Okay. Now I yeah. remember Claire now. Yeah. He and Claire were a thing. And he was such an asshole that she <laughs> went to somebody else. Air yeah. there. I mean, can you blame her? He was a piece of shit to her. He wasn't very nice. And like, I'm so glad he had. That was a long, long road for that dude. Woof. I mean, talk about planning through other books, though. I know. Like, I really like how she handles, like, that development stuff, which is why I was so disappointed in Callie's catastrophe. But we don't need to get started on that. Me started on that again because I'm, we've all heard it and we're all sick of me whining about it. I just really like that there's this variety and I really like these ones where it's just that connection and that emotion. And so, yeah, we didn't talk about the sex. And as an erotic author, I would love to hear your opinion about the sexy times in this book from what you read because there's a couple, for the first few instances, it's them just kind of fooling around. And there is a scene where Ariana straight up's like, what's a spur? And it's like, oh, well, well, let me show you. And so they do a little fooling around there, but they don't fulfill resonance until like the end of the book where he caught her like, sort of like sweeps her off her feet and runs her back to the, to the cave. Okay. So again, Ruby, if you're listening, I love you. Her sex scenes kind of bore me. Really? It's just kind of the same sex again and again. And I noticed with this, a lot of romance authors tend to focus on just the abstract of sex. Like, oh, he went down on my naughty place and I felt a waterfall. Whereas in my erotica, I just get deep into it. It's like Cardi B singing WAP. Just, I need the play-by-play of what's happening. I need to know where he's touching, how she's feeling about it. I want to know the whole shebang. And you know what? I think that's, because some books she does that. Have you read Farley's book? Yes. Yeah. I feel like that book, you get a play-by-play. That was better sex, yes. That was real good sex. Like he's doing, he puts this there and she felt this and she asked, why are you doing that? Like that one there was, was a really, ring, it was great. <laughs> it was a, yes. And I think this one, because so much of the emphasis was on making her comfortable and like just getting her comfortable enough to even fulfill resonance, mm-hmm. then maybe it just, I don't want to say she didn't have time, but maybe it just wasn't a priority. I don't know. I That was just it. It was, just, it was fine. The sex scene was fine. <laughs> I do agree that sometimes I skip them. Because I'm like, okay, I know where this is going. And like, yeah. <laughs> he's going to be really excited about going down on her. Let's let's go. And so I will skip them sometimes. But I don't, I do think she's been pretty decent about not making them feel, at least when I read them, they don't feel that repetitive because everyone comes into it with their own issues. Like it feels like, it doesn't feel like you could take this sex scene and like flip out the characters and make it like Liz and Rahash. Like that is not how Liz and Rahash would, would go down. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I don't know. Or I think how the only, the only sex scenes that really stood out to me was Farley and then uh, Maddie and her man because they just loved exhibitionist sex. They just if they can fuck behind someone's tent while they're in there, they're just all about it. They were they were doing it everywhere. They start she start they start resonating to each other in the middle of like a hike and yeah. he like throws her down in the snow in this giant ass like gorge. Just and they fuck in that gorge. Hear the echo. <laughs> I'm like, weren't you being chased by some uh, Metlex? Is that is that a concern anymore? Or no, apparently not. So, listen. Oh, you don't remember Nad- you don't remember Nadine's and ketchup. I, do. I <laughs> just hate ketchup so much. Yes, they fucked via bird fight, which 
it was so funny because the dragon was just like, yo, I watched you fuck during our my birth fight. <laughs> like, why would you announce that? Like, just stop at the fact that you killed a giant bird. Go back to bragging about that. Don't do a nonchalant, like, hey, I see you getting that red dick as I'm killing this giant pterodactyl. <laughs> he is like, he's got a swagger about it. He's like, guess what I saw? It's like, thank you. Thank you for letting us all know what you saw. Yeah, thanks. Shouldn't, so you, much. Have, shouldn't you have been otherwise occupied? Weren't you giant fighting a giant pterodactyl at the day? He's just like, listen, I was so good at fighting that pterodactyl <laughs> that I had time to pause and watch you two fuck it out. That's how strong I am. I was holding this pterodactyl at bay as you were getting it done. <laughs> gosh so that's one of the ones that's one of the top ones for me because i thought for sure they were gonna wait until they had gotten to safety to fulfill they're like no we have to do it here and now Uh, and wasn't he like bleeding he was (laughs) bleeding ketchup everywhere fucking nadine against a tree (laughs) the dragon was watching and fighting a giant pterodactyl (laughs) i mean I, that's one of the reasons why I love both these series so much. Cause like, where else are you getting that? <laughs> where else are you getting, getting all of that? Where else are you getting a creepy little kid who's like predicting babies <laughs> and he's going to marry one set of twins and a set of twins named Anna and Elsa. And I still don't know how I feel about that. It's just, I love it. I love the series so much. I don't, I know how I feel about it. I don't like it. I'm sorry, Ruby. I don't like the kids named after pop culture references yeah that was a bit weird isn't there an anakin liz gives birth to a kid and she names it anakin listen i'm fully aware that if i was forced to have kids they would either be named after dragon ball z or pokemon that's just what's (laughs) happening this is my son charizard (laughs) put that down pikachu or so help me i'm gonna tell your father about this so okay so let's wrap this up. So you thought the sex, there is, I was trying to think, there was something, she, I do like Marlene talking about the sex. Yes. Marlene is just free and open about it. I can't wait to do her book because I feel like that whole premise of the book is just like, she sees him and she's like, I'm going to eat him alive. And then she does. God, and- <laughs> I would have been her best friend. <laughs> So yeah, this is the first of the flashback series. I don't know if I like this format, but I know Ruby did what she had to do. I mean, yeah, give the give the people what they want. So, I think she's got one more. Like the only one we haven't heard is Nora, and that's gonna be something because everyone talks about them in every other book, and they're into spanking and they're into just being really loud and kinky. And I can't wait to hear what kind of issues they're gonna have. Hell yes. I'm so ready for that book. <laughs> so I want to thank you again for agreeing to do this with me because I feel like it's one thing to ask someone to come on and read a book, read a book about blue alien sex and talk about it once and then to be like, whoops, we got to do it again. <laughs> no problem at all. <laughs> so we said this isn't the craziest you've read or the dirtiest. What other good alien romances have you read that you would recommend? Because now that I'm like nearing the end, I'm like, I want to read some more. I know the Interstellar Bride series, mm-hmm. which is wild. <laughs> is that the one where, like, every book, like, requires a DP scene in public in front of everyone's, like, friends and family? 
I think so. <laughs> Why? Why? Okay. Is there any other that you know? Why not is the question. Why not? <laughs> Are there okay. any other you would recommend? Yes. The Dark Planet Warrior series. I'm just reading that now, and it's fantastic because it gives me that villain love I love so much. It's like the first one is, I don't remember what the freaking alien race is called. I'm going to call them the ZZs because some was Z. Every alien race, I feel like, is almost always named Z something. <laughs> so the ZZs go across the land, just like terraforming planets and enslaving everyone else. And of course, as with every other alien romance book, they're just low on women. Guess hey, who? Why? They're all low on women. They're all low on women. Guess who they're compatible with? Earth bitches. <laughs> so they're just like, wow, we could terraform this planet in a hot second. But also, we don't want the women to hate us. Does this mean we have to, like, have feelings? Ugh. <laughs> Spoiler alert, it does. <laughs> have you written any alien ones? I know you said you did fantasy, but have you done any alien? No, not yet. Right now, not yet. werewolves, vampires, and demons. I mean that's fine. That is <laughs> that is adventurous, and I'm gonna check them out. I just do you have? Would you have any plans to? Yeah, I could. <laughs> it's like really, why not? I wake up at three a.m. It's like man, I'm horny. My husband's asleep. I'm gonna write something. <laughs> I love this. I love this behind the scenes information that I'm getting. I'm trying to think. I because I was always like I would like to try and write one, but I feel like I would get bogged down in the details. Like Ice Planet Barbarians is so good, like, you don't realize how much thought is put into it. Like, they've got to be someplace where they're completely cut off from everyone else. But they have to be able to survive. And mm -hmm. health can't be an issue. And they've got to be compatible with the other with the other species. Oh, and we need a, con a semi-constant supply of them because we want to keep this series going. Like, I get bogged down on so many details. Like, yeah, should it be on Earth sense. or should it be on a new planet? Like, I'd love to write an actual romance book one day, but I would just get so bored trying to do such a long thing, which is why it's just so easy for me to write, you know, the occasional erotica whenever I feel like it. It's not like I release one every month or so. It's like every few months I'll put out a book and, you know, I have a regular job. I don't do this for a living, mm -hmm. but it's just like, all right, well, I'll just do whatever I want. Do I need a convenient plot, de plot device? Well, you know what? Here it is. They can't get pregnant <laughs> because I don't want to write children. I don't mean this to sound like condescending, but like I like how accessible you make writing and sharing stories sound. Yeah. Cause like I would like to write, but I get so overhyped with like, oh my gosh, when are you gonna have the time? Oh my gosh, how much work will it involve? When will you you've got a full time job? When are you gonna do it? And you're like, I just do it when I feel like it. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I don't promise literally anything on my social media handles. It's like, look, I do this for fun every mm -hmm. few months. This so this is what you get. <laughs> I'm happy if you like it. It's fine if you don't. But I do this to relax. That's not so nice. I overthink. I, I I overthink things. I have an idea for a romance, and already it's too big. <laughs> See, I'm going through the same thing because I do have an idea for a novel where it's uh, set in like a video game world, but the chick has no desire to become a main character, so she's just like an NPC living her best life, and then she accidentally saves a demon lord and becomes a main character. So she's just like, "Fuck me." I don't want to go on a grand adventure. I want to stay home and like raise my plants to sell spices. I don't have time for this. I kind of like that. I like reluctant heroes. Like I didn't ask to be in the middle of this bullshit and I'm going to complain about it to anyone who listens. 
Oh, but I'm so glad you came back on. I'm so glad you were willing to do this again with me. Um, if I do an ice home series, I will call you up. Please because, do. I don't know if I, I keep telling people I really want to, but the thing is, it just has to. It won't be as quick as I did the Ice Point Barbarian series mm-hmm. because one of the biggest challenges of doing this is finding a different host for each episode. Fair. So if I did it again, I think I would have a smaller rotating. Like maybe I would do three or four books with someone. I didn't even think about that. Let me write that down. Ooh. Three. I will say though, I will not read Hannah's book. I'm sorry, I won't do it. <laughs> okay, so you would be later. <laughs> She's well, Hannah's, Hannah's sort of in the middle, isn't she? She's like I thought she was like one of the first. Oh, that's true. One because of the she's first strong. ones to resonate. I DNF'd her book so hard. I hated Hannah. I wanted her to die via giant bird. She's the bossy one, and she's just so upset with such a. I'm not to invalidate. I'm invalidate her for such a dumb reason. I'm sorry. You know what would be really useful skill on the ice planet? Figuring out how to make yarn out of divisti fur. Yes. Basic construction skills. Can you build an A-frame and build a house? Those are the skills we need. I love Debbie, but that PhD, she did build a prosthetic leg, though, so. Yeah. I feel like if I was on that planet and be like, yo, I can build a solar panel. Hang on. <laughs> Let's get us out of darkness. I can't, like... I, I don't know. They are so far back in the, what's that, the Stone Age? They're not even, they haven't even discovered metal. I love how the men go on the spaceship and they're like, what's this weird rock? It's like, <laughs> it's metal. Sweetie, it's metal. See, I, yeah, I came in the book at the middle and every time they talk about the Elder's Cave, I thought it was a legit cave. Mm-hmm. So when they talk about like the lights in the walls and everything, I was like, what the fuck? What the fuck are they at? And then I like, oh, it's an old ship. See, that was my issue when they just drowned all the spaceships that came. I'm like, hang on, let me salvage some metal so I can make some solar panels. Mm-hmm. Or like a structure that can withstand a, a hurricane that's definitely going to hit that beach. For real. I'm like, you can take the computers out of that ship. That's not difficult to do. See, that's why I'm a little sad that we're at the last few of the Ice Planet Barbarian, or no, the Ice Home books, because I am not interested in the Cat Tribe at all. <laughs> You're I just, not. I don't like body hair. I don't like beards. I don't want hairy men. I'm sorry. <laughs> Who's left? Because they haven't resonated at all except for the guy who resonated to Raven. Yeah, that's why I want the last tall horn dude. The sad boy, that's mine. Give me the sad boy. Give me the stern bunch daddy. I'll take him. I'm so, I want her to write him next. Because, like, I just want him to be happy. I don't know why I'm so attached to this one sad one. But He's I am. so good. He's a little sad brunch daddy. I want him. <laughs> He just wants a mate. He just wants to make one of these women happy. And like every time someone matches up, like, cause in Nadine's book, wasn't he being all sad at the end of Nadine's book? And he was like, did you know? And she's like, yeah. And it wasn't you. Sorry. Oh, poor baby. He's it was also, never you. He's also trying to like look over all the tall horn because he's like the leader of the tall horn. He's just like, man, all of my brothers have resonated except for me. Yes. Oh, I Ruby, we need his book. Please, I'll, I'll be the main character for his book. Just put in that one. So I feel like even as we get to the end, she has no plans on letting this universe. I feel like we're going to get more pairings on the ice planet. It's going to get more crowded. That better be. What if yes. there's like forearm people? Just keep keep bringing on more arms. Yeah, like oh look at that. We had a whole other tribe on the other side of that giant mountain we didn't even know about. Oh, sorry. I meant six arms. There's already four arms. Oh, yeah. so six arms. That's too many fucking arms. I take that back. That's too many. Arms. <laughs> There's a limit on how many arms. It's too many. Arms. At some point, you're a centipede. I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh, now I'm thinking of the human centipede. It's not sexy at all. No. Oh, I love it. Okay. Thank you again. This is, oh, I really just want to keep talking about Isom. I have nobody in the real world to talk about it with. I mean, I've got no, nothing to do until I <laughs> keep going. Because my mom, I tried to get my sister on the show. I was like, do you want to do an episode? And I explained, like, the premise of the series. And she's like, I wouldn't be comfortable reading that. And I was like, I have to respect <laughs> that. I was like, I have to respect that. See, I feel that's so hard. Because one of my sisters is, oh, God, what's the word with that in anybody? Aromantic? Not- yes. Aromantic. And the other one is just not into romance at all. I'm like, neither of you bitches will talk to me about this shit. This is why I joined an entire cult about romance. Someone talk to me about this. Yes. It's like, I need it. Cause it's just, Oh, I'm so glad. That's why that's partially the reason I did this podcast. I was like, listen, I just need to talk about these books with somebody and we might as well share it. So we've got a lot here. This is going to be fun to edit. <laughs> I don't know if Ariana and Zozo got the focus, but we talk about them but that's all that matters. Yeah, like, I mean, we got their plot points down, which is one thing. <laughs> She's sad and he helps. <laughs> and he, like, he was good. He did exactly what he needed to do. Dad, it's kind of, 2020. Yeah. And you know, Beck's book was similar because his book was he fucked up, he fucked up, and then he had to fix it. And that was like the gist of the whole book. At least there was a lesson in that book. Him apologize. You know, there was a lesson in this one. Was there? I don't I just think it's like, you know what? You can get through your insight. You can do it. I think that is that a lesson? That's a hey. lesson I need in 2020. You can do it. <laughs> you can get through this. See, okay, this is wildly off topic again. Oh, I mean, this whole episode is wildly off topic. This is fair. So my husband has anxiety. And he, the reason he has it is that he thinks about so many things at once that he just gets bogged down and doesn't know what to do. So the medication wasn't quite working for him. But the one thing that did was me just ordering him around at home. <laughs> oh, so, he, hmm? so he wouldn't have to think about all the stuff that needed to be done yeah. because someone else was handling that mental load for him? Yes. So I, I prefer to just handle everything so I know it's done right the first time. I'm very controlling that way, which is why we work. So I basically took all the things he needed to do. And I'm like, this is what you're going to do today. Do it right now. Don't do it later. Don't play video games. You can play video games later. And then as if like night and day, he got so much better mental health. <laughs> so I'm like, so the answer this whole time is just me telling you what I want you to do. And so, you know, we, it's just finding the person that works, that fits for you. Yeah. Yeah. For how we just having a boss. Okay. So that, <laughs> that was. Oh my God, I forgot the title. That was Barbarian's Beloved. And mm-hmm. in terms of like wild in this series, this is one of the tamer ones. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, even for, for a bonkers series, this wasn't even that wild. This didn't take place in space. Yeah. <laughs> this would be a contemporary. Not even a wild cat or a metlag. <laughs> well, yeah, because like there was a while where Ruby was really leaning on that and then a wild metlag appeared. <laughs> <laughs> And someone would be like mortally wounded and the other one would have to nurse them back to health. And that hasn't happened in a while. So yes. So, but yeah, it was, it was chill. Like there was really nothing. There weren't any, no, were no pterodactyl attacks, no <laughs> earthquakes, no crazy metlax. This was a pretty, again, if this didn't take place in space, this could be like a regular contemporary. Yeah. You're just in, in, in Antarctica. Yes. Um, so 
I usually when I was at the beginning of the series, I would ask people if they would continue on with the series. Um, but at this point, like we're about to wrap things up. But you clearly wouldn't recommend going on with Ice Home. Oh, I loved Ice Home. Yeah. Yeah. Read all so, of them except yeah. Hannah. <laughs> Poor Hannah. I hate Hannah. <laughs> you know whose book I didn't like? I didn't like Lauren's. Just because I don't like first books. I don't know what it is. I want everything to be set up. I don't want to hear how it gets set up. Mm-hmm. Just put all the pieces in place and I'll read it. Hers was fine. I kind of skimmed a little bit. Yeah, because a lot of it's world. And I know Ruby's got to do that work. She's mm-hmm. got to be like, here's how these aliens get over here. Here's what happens. Here's how they all get there. And I'm like, that's fine. You got to do that. I don't want to read it. Like, I'll yeah. pick up the next book when everyone is there and we're and we're going. Exactly. Yeah. So we've already said you would be happier on Not Hoth if you didn't have to have a baby. Like you would be yes. Gail. Gail with a dog instead of a baby. Oh my God, I'd love a dog on Ice Home. Just let me bring my corgis. And that silver fox, Vaza. Yeah, I mean, not too into silver. Let me be, let me be young Gail. I just won't ever have kids. Well, like I like how Vaza is like supposed to be older, but literally the only thing is the fact that he has silver hair. As far as we can tell, his libido, his, his physique... Everything is on par with all the other hunters. He's just got silver hair, and that means he's old. Because <laughs> they live forever, apparently. Just hundreds of years. Yes. They do, at least. Like, I think they said one was, like, 150. So Not that means those, those women are going to be, like, 125. It's the queen. So thank you again. This was a... You know what? I'm being forgiving to myself because we are in the middle of a pandemic. But, mm-hmm. yes, this episode was a little all over the place. But... I have fun. And we talked, it stayed focused nearly 90% on Ice Planet Barbarians, even if we were talking about other Ice Planet Barbarians. But listen, if you ever bring me on again for Ice Home, we will be laser focused because that's where we want to be anyway. So that's it. Thank you again. People can find you on Twitter, right? Where can they find you? Twitter, Instagram. I'll make a Facebook at some point and then just Amazon. At Juno, J U N O, Sunbear. Aspel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Aspel. Awesome. Well, thank you again. I appreciate you coming back on. No worries. Oh, uh, so that was Barbarians Beloved with our poor sad girl Ariana and the tribe's most emotionally intelligent hunter, Zozo. Um, I thought it was a cute story, and even though it wasn't very plot heavy, I just love these stories where they help each other out and they're just there for each other and it's sweet and it's cute and it's and it's chill and there's not even a lot of sex. It's just emotion. I'm here for it. So the next book is not that at all because it is Marlene's book and Marlene was about it and I am joined by the one and only Sarah McLean, which is such a get because so many people in the process of doing this podcast, so many people came on this this show and said, I discovered this series because I went to a panel and Sarah McLean said, you got to read this Bananas Books. So it seems only fitting that she comes on and talks about this Bananas Books series with us. So I'm excited. You will not have to wait too long for that one. You've already waited long enough. I am going to finish this podcast batch for the end of 2020. I hope you all stay safe. I hope you wear a mask. Please wear a mask. Please wash your hands. Please remain socially distant. As someone with an immunocompromised parent and who just recently had a COVID scare in our family, it's really freaky and it's really real. And we all sort of, at least in the U.S., got to start taking this more seriously because 285,000 deaths, it's just, 
it's traumatizing and and we gotta do better. I'm sorry to bring us down on such a low note. I'm so sorry. Um, but yeah, until next time, stay safe. <laughs>